This is the Voice in the Wilderness podcast channel. Today's topic is going to be twofold. Um, I'm just, I've got some stuff, some housekeeping that I need to take care of from the last episode. So I'm not necessarily going to go into the main topic when I do. I'll let you guys know. But for right now, let's do the prayer and, um, if it, if it's our Lord and His Blessed Mother's will, maybe I could uh, get this one correct this time around. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, Amen. All that I am, all that I have, all that I do shall be consecrated to the service, honor, and glory and exaltation of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and the Heavenly Kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray, Immaculate Heart of Mary, please pray for us. Sacred Heart of Jesus, please pray for us. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, Amen. So, okay, so yeah, my last episode was the importance of the Immaculate Heart of Mary and the Sacred Heart of Jesus devotion. When I had ended my last episode, there was something crawling in the back of my head saying um, that I'd missed something. And I did a previous recording of my next topic, which is going to be on this episode, but um, I was almost ready to like put it, <clears throat> put it on the uh, podcast platform when I went back and I looked at the um the 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 last episode uh topic description that I had written down and I realized that there were a couple things that I missed. So I wanna as as the guys on True Restoration Radio say, I wanna do a little uh I wanna do a little housekeeping. So when I did the episode on the importance of the Immaculate Heart of Mary and the Sacred Heart of Jesus devotions, there were two, please forgive me, Blessed Mother, for neglecting these two aspects. I kind of gave the Immaculate Heart of Mary the short shrift, and I focus mainly on the Sacred Heart of Jesus devotion. There are two key elements in the Immaculate Heart of Mary devotion that I did not cover. Now, the first, the first aspect of the Immaculate Heart of Mary devotion that needs to be covered is Anybody who reads St. Louis de Montfort, and honestly speaking, I think that he is the most important saint to read, in my opinion, if you want to have the closest possible relationship that you can to our um, Immaculate Mother, one of the aspects that he covers is, is that 
because she is our Lord's. Hold on. Let me go back. Our prayers and with uh, really pious and devout said, we can't just still do a lot of the indulged prayers, um, <clears throat> which is, don't get it twisted. It's very important because not only are you helping the souls in purgatory, when you do the indulged prayers, you're also helping, uh, you know, if you're blessed enough to make it to purgatory, you're shortening your time there. But one of the things I learned when I was learning about the Immaculate Heart of Mary devotion through St. Louis de Montfort, which I had not realized, was that when you do the consecration to the uh, Immaculate Heart, I can't speak for the other saints who have done the consecration to the Immaculate Heart themselves. Um, but I can't speak to St. Louis de Montfort. Part of the consecration oath is, is all your works, all your works, um, your prayers, your fasting, your mortifications, your, um, your charity, and when I say charity, not just, you know, your love of neighbor, but also, you know, helping those in need out, all of those things are to be turned over to her. This is part of the consecration. And as a matter of fact, just so that people, I don't get accused of making this up out of the top of my head, um, this is from True Devotion to Mary. This has the Marian Consecration Prayer. I'm going to read from it. I, blank, a faithless sinner, renew and ratify to in your hands the vows of my baptism. I renounce forever Satan, his pomps, his works. I give myself entirely to Jesus Christ, the incarnate wisdom, to carry my cross after him all the days of my life, to be more faithful to him than I ever have been before. In the presence of the heavenly court, I choose you this day for my mother and mistress. I deliberate. Now, this part's in the, the key. Um, I deliver and consecrate to you as your slave my body and my soul, my goods, both interior and exterior, even the value of my good actions, past, present, and future, leaving to you the entire and full right of disposing of me all that belongs to me without exception, according to your good pleasure, for the greater glory of God in time and for eternity. Now, Part of the good actions that he talks about are our prayers. Now, try to stay with me. The in prayers, um, when it when it when we talk about prayers, it's not just the indulged prayer. It's every prayer that you make to the Blessed Mother. It's every prayer that you make to the saints in heaven. It's every prayer that you do to her, um, to our Lord and the Holy Trinity. Every prayer. So when you do this consecration, 
You're basically saying, I'm going to turn over all, everything that I do, and not just everything that you do, but your entire self, your whole being, and your destiny over to her to do with as she will. Now, why is this important? As I said previously, indulged prayers are important because you're helping people, Lord willing, of course, you're helping people shorten their time in purgatory and Lord willing, you're shortening your time in purgatory. Basically, what you're doing is, is you're saying, okay, Mother Mary, it's all yours. Do with it what you will. The reason I'm hammering this particular point home, speaking for myself, it takes a lot off my mind when I pray. I, I can just pray prayers now. And because I have my mustard seed of faith in our Blessed Mother, that she'll take care of the rest. I just do the prayers. She takes care of the rest. That simplifies your life more than you will ever understand. I mean, Lord willing, you'll get to that understanding. But for me personally, it just simplifies. And I like simple things. I really do. I, I don't. I don't like things that are overly complicated, or you know. Um, I just. I, I don't like complication. Period. So, knowing, knowing that I just do my prayers, and I, I, I do my mortifications. I do my, um, I, I do my um very small bit of evangelization that I do and it is the blessed mother's to do with as she wishes I don't have to worry I mean if I didn't even you know if I didn't have my muster seed of faith in her and love I would worry but because I've got the mustard seed, it, it, it just, you know, and once again, I'm not, I'm going to be getting into in a few minutes that there are occasions of doubt, but for the most part, I just do what I do. And with, with my understanding that she'll take care of the rest, that just makes my life so much easier and so much more simple to get to the second Part of this, I've talked about in my episode on St. Longinus's baptism, the importance of Mary or why the Mother Mary matters in, in, in our Lord's salvific mission is because that being his mother and being the most perfect human being that ever existed, and she was everything that Adam and Eve were meant to be, but through their own rebellion, they lost it. That he, and when I say he, I'm talking about our Lord. He gives the graces that he has, he gives to her 
which goes back to the St. Louis to Montfort prayer I just did, he gives the graces to her to give out as she will. This is why in my last episode, I stressed that the Immaculate Heart of Mary devotion should come first. Because if you don't understand that you literally have to go through her to get the graces from her son, then you're putting the cart before the horse. As a matter of fact, in his books about Mary, St. Louis de Montfort says that if you try to go to Jesus directly, that without referring to his blessed mother, it's not going to work. This is why Protestants, and I'm speaking from experience in particular, have a hard time getting into a relationship with Jesus is because they don't know Jesus because they don't know his blessed mother, to put it simply. So that is why the Immaculate Heart of Mary devotion, they're both important. They're both important. But if you come to spiritual realization that your love for Jesus is not what it should be, and you're not doing the Immaculate Heart of Mary devotion, I strongly urge it. Because I'm firmly, and as I said this in the last episode, I'm firmly convinced that it was the Immaculate Heart of Mary devotion which led me to, to get deeper in the Sacred Heart of Jesus devotion. So that's my bit of housekeeping that I had to do from the last um, episode. Um Thank you, Mother Mary and Lord Jesus, for reminding me, because I shouldn't have forgotten. Now, for the topic of this episode, there are times when I fall into doubt about what I do on these podcasts, whether or not I am being honest with myself when I say that everything I talk about hasn't already been said by the saints, the fathers and doctors of the church and the spiritual writers. And this weekend I was going through my Pinterest account and on my Pinterest account, I've got the writings of the saints and the doctors of the church amongst other things. And while I was going through those, I came to the realization that everything that, I, that I've talked about on both my platforms not only have been said by said Vacantis priests and prelates, they've also been said by the saints, the doctors and fathers of the church and the spiritual writers. And I had been falling into doubt because Sometimes it happens. Um, uh, I, I, I question, you know, what I'm doing and I'm thinking, well, um, I'm attempting to do 
our Lord and his blessed mother's will, but how much of it is them and how much of it is my selfish, egotistical self. And so it was a great um, relief for me to go through those quotes and realize as far as, uh, as far as I'm concerned, yeah, there's, there's, there, there's nothing in the topics that I cover that have, that is, that is in any way, anything that, that I myself, um, you know, that, that, that it's coming from me, everything, you know, I, I am literally being, you know, with the Lord's and his blessed mother's help. I'm being a man of my word. And now the approach and the verbiage, because I'm an imperfect human being, may not be what they want. But on my end, I'm doing the best that I can with the uh, tools I've been given to rectify that issue. But at the end of the day, it's going to be up to our Lord and his mother when... I become acceptable in all things. Now, having said this, I want to go back to something I'd covered in a previous episode. I have heard this, this, once again, this is not stuff I'm making up. I've literally heard people say this. I've actually been told this by a person. I don't like reading. I don't like reading. Now, the natural part of me wishes that I had thought of this soon. Well, I didn't think of it, that the Lord and his blessed mother had put this in me sooner. But the the spiritual side of me realizes this is divine providence. It's coming out when it's coming out. I put my social media on in the descriptions of on all my social media, including the two podcasts that I do. I put my social media on both in the descriptions. So it didn't occur to me to this weekend that the solution for the people who say, well, I don't like reading was right in front of our faces. If they had bothered to go to my Pinterest page, they would realize I've got the quotes and of the, of the doctors and fathers of the church and the saints. These some of them are as simple as a sentence. Others are a paragraph. I also have scriptures. And, you know, once again, uh, some of these scriptures, some of them is just a verse. Others are, say, five or six verses, a paragraph. But that's it. And... The solution has been sitting in front of our faces. I mean, for those of, you know, who want to take the plunge. 
if you don't like reading, what's, and by the way, one thing I need to get out here is if you, you know, I, I don't know why you would be listening to me if I offend you so badly, but if you don't want to read or go on to my Pinterest account to read this stuff, go on to Pinterest itself. Go on to Pinterest itself. Catholic saints quotes. Quotes from the doctors and fathers of the church. Scriptural quotes from the Catholic church. It doesn't get any simpler than that. And while we're on that, our Lord does not command impossibilities. So, if you're going to say that going on to Pinterest to look up the quotes of the doctors and fathers of the church, the saints, and the Bible quotes or scriptures, I can only conclude, going back to a previous broadcast, that you're 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 not serious about God and you're you're um you're wanting to do things on your terms because this is one of the things that Bishop Sanborn talks about in his talks on true restoration radio throughout the history of the Catholic Church God makes is simplified things for people so they could meet him halfway. And if you read about what our Lord has told some of the saints, he, he has said that he has gone out of his way to make it easy for people to love him and understand him. Now, if we're claiming to love God as we should, then we should under, understand a very simple concept that if our Lord is actually removing obstacles out of our way, such as the Sacred Heart of Jesus devotion, or putting, you know, saints quotes on Pinterest, that if we're not doing these things, it's out of our own selfish desires. It's not out of a true love for God. Bottom line. Now, this is not on my part, and I'm going to explain this in a couple minutes here, but I want to get this out here. As far as my Pinterest account goes, as far as um, my Pinterest account goes, it has all the, re well, maybe not all the resources, but it has enough resources on there um, that if, if you want to deepen yourself in our religion, all you have to do is visit it. I mean, I cover a lot of ground. I cover the sacramentals and devotions, quotes from the saints, 
images, the beauty of the one true Catholic Church, quotes from the fathers and doctors, um, just general Catholic quote, traditional Catholic quotes, um, um, uh, places where you can buy like posters and prints of the saints and our Lord and Lady. I mean, oh, I even have a section with books and music. That you should, you know, that I recommend to check out. And by the way, because not everybody is in um, aware of Pinterest, or if they are aware of Pinterest, they may have their own preconceived notions. There's no commentary involved here. Now, I have a Tumblr account where there is commentary. But I on my Tumblr, I tend to just explain the image and leave it at that. And I give the tags where it can be found. On my Pinterest account, there's no commentary. You just post the image. That's it. Once again, if somehow or another I offend you so bad that, oh, no, I can't visit that guy's Pinterest page. He's a jackass. Wonderful. Just go on Pinterest. Other people have done this. It's a resource. And might I say, it's a good jumping off point, if nothing else. Now, having said this, I need to make a few disclaimers. Number one, this is not about me. This is not about me. Okay? This is not about my glorification. This is not about likes, likes and clicks. And by the way, if you've already heard this lecture, this isn't for you. This part. Um, there's no ego involved here. Given the circumstances of my life, I've been prideful, but ego has never entered into it. But there's a difference between ego and self-worth. I, I, even in my pagan state, I knew my self-worth. And... I don't need other people's, I've never needed other people's validation to validate myself. As a matter of fact, I would say that the need for validation is one of the uh, errors of today's society and culture. Everybody needs validation. Now, I understand if you're married with kids, um, to a certain degree, you know, you can't run roughshod over your, your spouse and your kids. But at the end of the day, especially if you're the father of the house, you, you've got to make the hard decisions and you can't worry about ruffling feathers if it comes to that. But I've never needed validation, even when I was the most um, amoral pagan on the planet. I never needed anyone else's um, validation because I knew my own self-worth and I definitely don't need it now. 
I definitely don't need it now. Um, my only goal is to put out the message that I believe our Lord and His Blessed Mother has given me. That's it. Um, I've said this in a previous episode. If it comes, I, I don't care how people get the information. I don't. If you get it from me, great. If you get it from some other set of contest, uh social media guy or girl, I don't care. I just want to make sure that it get you know you get the information that you need. Because I try to be a man of my word. I am concerned about people getting to heaven. Now, as I said. Ad nauseum, it's up to you. You are responsible for your own salvation. So, all I can do is what my show motto is. And this, this quote comes from St. Bernadette of Subarus. For those of you who don't know, she was the shepherd girl that Our Lady of Lords showed up to, to... Uh, show her the healing fountains of Lords. She was being harassed. Um, I don't remember by who. And she simply told the person, she said, look, my job is to inform, not convince. That's it. That sums it up in a nutshell. I put out, I point you in the right direction. And I don't consider myself a teacher. I've said this in the past. I don't consider myself a teacher. I give you the resources. You use your initiative. You know, you're an adult. At least I hope you are. You use your initiative. And um, your good faith to do the rest. Um, there have been times when I've quoted from the catechism, um, different catechisms at different times, and I've read the uh, St. Andrew's Missal, but I leave it without commentary because, honestly speaking, I don't feel qualified to give commentary. And especially as a layman, I don't feel qualified on giving commentary. Which is another thing too. When it's stuff that is not a matter of dogma, uh, traditional Catholic dogma, or if it's, if it's something where I'm unsure on the solidity of what I'm saying, I always preface... You know, I always preface that those instances by saying, this is my opinion. I am not infallible. Take it for what it's worth. And that, that's it. You know, um, you have free will. 
Because you have free will, you have the responsibility to um, get yourself to heaven. And if you're married, you have the responsibility that you lead by example to your spouse and your kids. So I'm not saying that if your kids or your spouse decide to go their own way, that that's your fault. But it's, it's your responsibility, especially if you're the husband, to mirror Jesus Christ himself. It is your responsibility. If you're not doing it, then you are going to be responsible. Because those of you with families... If you fail yourself, you're failing your family too. You being married is a responsibility. It's it's not it's not so that you can bang um bang your spouse and not have to worry about going to hell. Okay? It's a responsibility. Just like I said in the previous podcast being a Catholic, a true Catholic, and doing the Eucharist are responsible. If you're a Catholic, I'm going to bottom line this because I'm all about simplicity. If you are a true Catholic, everything that you do is a responsibility. Now, for those of you who may be like me and started out as a pagan, well, let me... Let me simplify this as best as I can. I'll speak from my perspective. I realized when I started taking my religion seriously, playtime was over. My time of doing what I want, when I want, not worrying about the consequences, not caring about the consequences, were over. It was time for me to grow up and put on my big boy pants, as certain people say. That, in other words, when I say grow up and put on your big boy pants, I'm saying taking responsibility for myself, my destiny, and taking the responsibilities that were... First of all, recognizing that everything I do now is a responsibility, even my social media, which includes these podcasts. This, this is this is not a this is not um, a hobby for me. This is not a hobby for me. When I get on and do these episodes, this is not. Eh, I'm bored. I think I'll just bend some, you know, rant and rave or bend people's ear for thirty minutes to an hour. This is a responsibility for me because it's a responsibility toward God. It's a responsibility for my love of neighbor. If you consider yourself to be a true Catholic or set of a contest and you don't understand that everything we do as true Catholics is a responsibility I beg and beseech you for the love of all that is holy, please, please, please correct it. That is why St. Paul said, I think it was in the book of, of, of uh, his letter to the Ephesians, 
You are no longer your own. And honestly speaking, if you wanted to get deeper into that concept, we've never been our own. But because he, uh, our Lord gives us free will, we do our own thing with the illusion that we are our own. But once we come to Christ, we should no longer be under that illusion. We are not our own, we are God's. Meaning that when we come and we surrender ourselves to our Lord and his blessed mother, we're becoming responsible. Not just to ourselves, not just to our families, not even just to the one true Catholic church, but to society and culture at large. Now, does this mean that um, we force change on society? No, it's never been that way. And if you think it's that way, you really need to reread your Catholic history. The way that we have changed, uh, the way that the first Catholics changed pagan Rome from a pagan society into a Catholic one is through their good example. Their good example. And if, if you're trying to rationalize and justify anything otherwise, you're wrong. There is, no, there is no justification. There is no rationalization. We are called to be, we are called to be better people than we are capable of, which where grace comes in. Anyway, but um, when I do these episodes, when I do my Pinterest and my Tumblr blog, these are responsibilities. I have a responsibility to anybody who may come across those that I do the best that I can, that they're getting the right and correct information. Now, that, and by the way, as, as true Catholics, as true Catholics, that's all we're called to do. And I covered that in a previous episode. That's all we're called to do. We do our best. If we're wrong, our Lord and our Lady will correct us. But we can only do what we can do. Perfection is our ultimate goal. Perfection is our ultimate goal, but um, at, at the end of the day, our Lord, better than anyone who made us, knows our flaws and our weaknesses. But we have to make a good faith effort. effort. And in order to make a good faith effort, you have to have self-knowledge. You have to have self-knowledge. And when I say self-knowledge, I'm not talking on the natural level. If you're going to serve God, you need knowledge on the spiritual level. That's it. Doesn't get any more complicated than that. That is why in previous episodes, I always talk about taking the uh, spiritual, um, the four temperaments test. And I even gave the book that I took mine out of. 
And in my last recording, I explained why I sound like a man possessed when I talk about my co-religionists. And the reason I sound like a man possessed is, is because I understand implicitly, well, dimly, my faults and failings as a human being. But on social media, when I see people who claim to hold the same beliefs that I do, um, I'm not judging their the state of their soul or what's going on in their mind. I'm I'm only going by what they're saying and what they're uh what they're talking about and their actions act like it's a routine when ultimately it is a responsibility. And like anything, I wish no no. Take that back. I don't wish. I hope and I pray that somehow or another this realization hits not just my co-religionists home, but to the non-believers as well. Um, everything that we do for our Lord Jesus Christ and His Blessed Mother are awesome responsibilities. These are not what we are. What we say we believe. Um, how we act toward our Lord and our Lady. How we practice our faith. These are not matters of routine. These are responsibilities. Awesome responsibilities. The reason I'm using the word awesome, I'm not using it in the surfer bro way of, hey, bro, awesome. I'm using them in the religious sense that we're talking about serving our Lord and Savior and His Blessed Mother. That is awesome. That is the proper definition of the word awesome. But I hope and I pray. I really do. I really do. I hope and pray that this realization gets out. How some people can sit and say things like, well... My uh, my salvation is a high-stakes gamble and then turn around and treat it like an abstraction horrifies me, honestly. You're just going to run... Your salvation, your eternity, not to mention, you know, the love, the love owed to our Lord and His Blessed Mother. And you're going to just blithely say, like it's an abstraction, oh, it's a high-stakes gamble. And then do nothing about it. Do nothing about it. 
first of all, I don't take high stakes gambles. I'm a bad gambler. But secondly, let's just say it was a high stakes gamble. And in a way, he's kind of right. It's high stakes, but it's not a gamble. A gamble is you're hoping or you're, you're relying on chance. Now, anybody who loves, or I'm sorry, anybody who understands divine providence knows there is no chance. Everything is willed from God. So it's not a, it's not a gamble. It is literally, you're the one, it's a gamble, but it's on your part because you're gambling with your soul. You're gambling with your soul that you can just act any way you want to and you're going to get to heaven or that somehow heaven is owed to you. We need to get out of this mindset that we're owed anything. God don't owe you squat or me for that matter. And honestly speaking, I'm still trying to learn this lesson. We are dust or clay. Pick your metaphor. We have no rights. Our creator, he, he is the ultimate authority. We are not. We have no say. Now, it, it may seem like I've gone far afield. And I did get kind of sidetracked. The bottom line is, this, what I do on all my social media, these are not hobbies to me. Um, I do not take my religion as a hobby. I do not take my religion as an identity. Okay. Um, you know, I, I literally cringe. I mean, I literally cringe. When people say, well, I'm a cultural Catholic. You run into this a lot on social. I'm a cultural Catholic. No, you're either Catholic or you're not. Bottom line, you're either Catholic or you're not. There's, there's you know, there, there's nothing cultural. What, you, what you're saying is, is that you want to live-action role-play as a Catholic, but you don't want the responsibilities, the awesome responsibilities that come with it. Well, if you want a live-action role-play, our Lord is the ultimate uh, dungeon master. So... You're gonna if you if you just want a live action role play, he's gonna roll a zero, and guess what? You're going to have a catastrophic um, failure. And for those of you who've never played Dungeons and Dragons, if you're uh, if you have a percentage for say picking locks, say it's thirty percent, and you roll a zero, that means not only did you fail to pick the lock, but the lock blows up in your face and you end up nearly dying from it. Um, I try to follow our, exam, uh, our Lord's example and our Blessed Mother's, for that matter, in all things. So, 
ओम आई मीन वट आई से And I say what I mean. Now I do understand given the reality that is today's culture and society and um you know people are people that because you guys don't personally know me you know you you have no idea if I'm being honest or truthful. Um The only advice I can give and I would give this advice to anyone would be if you have doubts about my sincerity, if you have doubts about my intention, pray. Pray, ask our Lord and our Lady. Pray. That's all you have to do. They didn't steer me. They haven't steered me wrong, and I doubt very seriously they're going to steer you wrong either. Um. And like I said, if if my warm and charming personality puts you off, go to another set of the contest uh platform or not platform, but um podcaster or social media person I don't care just your soul's at stake your soul's at stake now if you if you can't care about your soul it's your soul um if it were up to me Um I I would uh bend our lord and our lady's ear and I would say hey put put your finger on them and change their mind but they give you free will too So in to wrap up to wrap up you have free will and you have ultimately you have a responsibility to yourself to accept the graces that God and his blessed mother give you at the end of the day that's it and if you try to rationalize if you try to um um If you try to rationalize or you try to make up some excuse that's not going to cut it. God's truth is God's truth. You are responsible to accept the graces that you're given. That's it. So at the end of the day whether you choose because it's ultimately a choice there is divine providence but there's also free will 
At the end of the day, it's up to you whether or not you're going to surrender to our Lord's divine providence or if you're going to live action role play and pay him lip service and then do your own thing and call yourself a true Catholic. It, it's up to you. So thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. And everything I say, if you're new to this, take it for what it's worth. You've, you, at this point in time, you have nothing to lose and everything to gain. I wish you could see that. I really wish you all could see that. You have nothing, nothing to lose and everything to gain. And by the way, I'm including you, said of a contest, out there. Because when I say live-action role-playing, maybe that term may be too obscure for you. So I'm going to use a spiritual term. I see a lot of lukewarmness in my community. The, the people who claim to love and serve our Lord and our Mother. I see a lot of lukewarmness. So... If using the term live-action role-playing is too obscure for you, I'm just going to use this very simple, very spiritual term, lukewarmness. And, and for those of you said Vacantists who've never bothered to crack the book of Apocalypse, our Lord told, um, I believe it was the church at Laodicea in one of his prophecies to St. John, you're neither hot nor cold. If you were hot or cold, I could tolerate it. But you're lukewarm. I will spit you out of my mouth. Meaning that if you want to pay the lip service, he wants nothing to do with you. I'm a simple man, simple concepts. You know, there's nothing complicated about this. If it is, if it seems complicated to you, I would humbly suggest to you that you're making it overcomplicated to suit your own ends. I would like to see as many people get to heaven as possible. Once again, though, your responsibility. I pray for all of you. I do. So, um, thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Thank you for your time and patience. Have a good day. God bless you. Bye-bye.